Our story today is Julian is a Mermaid by Jessica Love. And the story today is dedicated to Nana, or Grandma, or Abuela, or any of the many wonderful names we have for those wonderful people in our life. This is a boy named Julian, and this is his Abuela, and those are some mermaids. Julian loves mermaids. As he's riding the trans with Abuela, he can imagine himself becoming a mermaid, swimming under the ocean, greeting the fish and animals. Can you see it? Vamanos, mijo. This is our stop, Abuela says, as they leave, and he waves goodbye to the mermaids. Abuela, did you see the mermaids? I saw them, mijo. Abuela, I am also a mermaid. Abuela says, I'm going to take a bath. You be good. Julian has a good idea. He finds some ferns and flowers for his head. He is. He's going to become a mermaid. And he finds a, Abuela's curtain and takes it down and wraps it around like a mermaid tail. Oh, Abuela's out of her bath. Uh-oh. Come here, mijo, Abuela says. Abuela hands him a pearl necklace from her own jewelry box. For me, Abuela? For you, Julian. Abuela and Julian leave the house in their best outfits. Where are we going? You'll see, says Abuela. Mermaids whispers Julian as they approach the festival. Like you, mijo, let's go join them. And they do. Who were you when you were born? There's a debate that wages on in science, philosophy, and theology as to whether we are born as the person we are and grow up into that being, or if we are blank slates that are products of our environment. And this debate wages on with many nuances in between those two extremes. And whenever I hear that debate, I think about the circumstances that I was born into. I was born in Ogden, Utah, during the height of the Reagan administration. I was born into a Mormon family. My dad was a pig farmer turned commodities broker. My mom was a military brat. And much of my youth was spent at rodeos, grain silos, railroad tracks, country music festivals, and long church meetings. I was also born with a list of expectations put upon me. I would grow up to be a real man's man intern and take a spot at my dad's office. I would be a faithful priesthood holder and I would have a calling within the church. I would find a worthy woman to be my wife and I would marry her in the temple. Settle down somewhere in the suburbs near my parents and have several kids to continue the cycle onward. I did exactly none of this. Instead, I am a queer transgender woman. I am an apostate. 
I am unmarried. I have no kids and intend to have no kids. I live in a city far from my parents. I work for a nonprofit and also in ministry. I did not follow the script at all. This was not out of any act of rebellion. I tried to conform. I played the part as best I could throughout my youth. I would often dress as my father. I would try to have the same activities as the other boys. I remember many journal entries through my adolescence lamenting, why can't I just be like everyone else? Why is this so hard for me when it seems effortless for so many? And I remember I would pray to God almost every night to deliver me, to make me what I was supposed to be, to remove my attraction to boys, to make me less feminine, to make me just like everyone else. I concluded later that I wasn't really the issue here, that I'd just been miscast in life. And so when I think about the debate of whether we are born into a state or whether it is our environment that produces us, I can't help but feel that we are not just blank slates because all of the expectations and my environment couldn't change me. This debate also goes into fundamentals of who we are as people. The debate in uh, Western Christianity has been over original sin. In traditional Western Christianity, it is believed that all human beings from the moment of birth are guilty of the sin of Adam and Eve and therefore worthy of hell and damnation. And that it is only through the grace of Christianity that that uh, human beings are brought to salvation. The Universalists, our spiritual ancestors, rejected this and maintained that human beings were born innocent and not guilty of damnation. Stepping outside of the Christian view of humanity, there is a tale within Jewish mysticism called the Shattering of the Vessels. This is a creation story which is separate from the Genesis story and metaphorical, but can also be overlaid upon it. In this story, God is not an anthropomorphic being, not somebody who looks or acts human. Indeed, God is beyond all comprehension and referred to only as Ein Sof Ur, or the limitless light. That limitless light permeates all parts of existence. And for whatever reason, beyond our understanding, Ein Sof Ur decides to create and contracts part of that light to create an empty space. And in that empty space is placed a vessel to contain the creation. And when Ein Sof Ur pours that limitless light into the creation, into the vessel, it is unable to contain it and shatters, creating this cosmic chaos where light scatters throughout this empty space. 
and coalesces into creation. And so it is said that all parts of creation are born with this divine spark of light. And that this light longs to be unified with all the other parts of the light, but cannot be unified in this fractured state. And so in Judaism, there is a concept called tikkun olam, or heal the world, where it is believed that acts of kindness and acts of mercy bring the light together, that it is our job as people to unify this broken world. For me, I believe that we are born innocent and then corrupted. Not in the sense of corrupted by sin or corrupted by an evil society, but instead corrupted from who we were supposed to be. We are corrupted by the bombardment of messages from corporations saying there is some defect with you. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not uh, wealthy enough. You don't have this thing or that thing. You smell bad. You have all these things about you that need to be fixed. And wouldn't you know it, we have a product that can fix that for you. We receive messages from parents saying that we should be this and not that. We have expectations imposed on us by our society. We will grow up to be this or we will grow up to be that. We will do this but not that. It would be better if you got this kind of education, not that one. This one leads to a more lucrative life. This one will only lead you to sorrow. All sorts of expectations. And then there is political rhetoric, which is thrown out from every direction, which influences our thoughts and our own self-worth. At the end of all of this conditioning and all of this messaging, what is there left of the person we were born into? That question's at the heart of a tradition I follow called the fairy tradition. And the innocent person we were is referred to by a metaphor called the black heart of innocence. And it is believed that we should take time and introspection to find who we were supposed to be, the person that we were born into before all of this conditioning happened. And this is not an excuse to uh, delve into our basic urges and to harm people in the process. This is instead a question of what is it that I really wanted in life? What is it that I really was supposed to do with my life that I didn't do because I was afraid or because I was told not to. To uncover that takes introspection, a lot of hard work, and a lot of patience. But even if we uncover that, that still does not put that in practice. To actually live out our innocence, to live out the person that we were supposed to be, that takes courage and integrity because we are fighting against messages that we have received our entire lives. 
and we are fighting against what we were expected to be. And I invite all of you for just a moment to take a second and think about this concept. If you want, you can close your eyes or keep them open. But I invite you to think about a time or a thing in your life where you did not live into what you wanted or what you knew to be correct because you were afraid, because you were told not to. In what ways have I not been authentic to myself? And then I'll ask you to think of one small thing, nothing earth shattering, but just one small thing that you can do to start living into your authentic self. Because it's just those small steps that leads to change. Whenever you're ready, you can join us back here in the room. These small steps, one at a time, lead us back to that person that we always were supposed to be. And in living that example out, others can start saying that it is not so scary, that yes, there is sacrifice, and yes, there is tension in that, but at the end of the day, you can still be yourself and exist in this world. And indeed, the world needs you as you are, not some counterfeit, because in all of creation, there has never been anyone else like you. And you have gifts to offer that no one else will be able to. In the chaos of this world where it is driven by success, a world that is driven by outdoing anyone at any means, a world that is driven by fear, we need people to live into integrity more than ever before. It is never too late to live into that integrity. And so I ask that we take just small steps each day to live our authentic self. Blessed be.